Hello and welcome to Lady Time, a podcast on midlife. I am your host, Carol Fitzpatrick, and my guest today is Jude Fay. Hello, Jude. You're very welcome. Thank you, Carol. Hello. Jude Fay is a psychotherapist, a supervisor, a business coach for therapists, and the author of This Business of Therapy, a practical guide to starting and developing a sustaining and sustaining a therapy practice. Originally, Jude trained as an accountant and worked with the Institute of Chartered Accountants after she had her own private practice. And then uh, she moved out of that area and into therapy work. She works now as a therapist with individuals and couples and focuses on relationships, including the relationship with the self. Uh, Jude, you're very welcome. It's great to be here, Carol. Thank you for thank you for asking. Where are you from? Where, where, tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, well, I uh, I turned sixty last year, Carol. Uh, I am, am currently living in in Nason, County Kildare, uh, but I grew up um, on the north side of Dublin, um, in Rohini and Clontarf. Uh, I'm a middle child of a family of seven children, and. Yes, so I I moved here in my early twenties when I got married and have 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 been here ever since. So, uh, yeah, so that's where I'm from. Oh, okay, I never knew that about you. <laughs> I thought you were born and bred in Kildare. Um, okay, so you are the middle child of seven. Wow, that was a tight squeeze in there, wasn't it? Did you feel it? Um, at times, yeah, it was, um, I, I suppose for me being in the middle, I we'd a very symmetrical family. I have an elder brother and two elder sisters and then two younger sisters and a younger brother. So it's it's very symmetrical and I'm right in the middle. And, you know, I suppose I, 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 I did feel at times that I was between two worlds because there was the older group and the younger group, you know. It, uh, yeah, it was a tight squeeze at times, I suppose, though, what I, I remember most is that there was a lot of fun. And uh, I still, to this day, have very good relationships with all my brothers and sisters and spend time with them when we're not locked down. We we usually have a, a, a holiday together or, or spend long weekends together, you know. So, yeah, that's something that I'm very, very grateful for. And my mother is still alive, 94, last November, um, and still very much part of the family as well. So, yeah, family is very important to me. Oh, I can hear that. Wow, that you all holiday together still and take weekends. That's that's really uh, special, actually, to have that connection yes. with each other. Yes. Yeah, you're lucky. Yes. That's great. I am. And it's something, you know, that it, it, it was the norm for me. But, you know, as you get older, you realise that that's and especially in the type of work that I do, you realise that that's not the norm for everyone. Yeah. And that would give you a nice, strong foundation, really, wouldn't it? That kind of family togetherness and family centricness. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Show is about menopause and midlife. What was foremost in your mind and what feelings were you having when you approached midlife? Yeah, I, I suppose it was kind of, a, um, I, I've heard it referred to as, you know, sort of the third phase of life. And in a way, it was like that for me. Um, I had my children young, so they were, you know, adult by the time I, I came into 
uh, into midlife. And um, so there was sort of a sense of relief, of freedom, breathing space to, um, you know, the mortgage was paid, the children were through school, and I could sort of focus on things that were more for me. Um, choices like like doing the therapy training that you know I wouldn't necessarily have thought of in my 20s when you know sort of financial stability was more of a, a, a priority and, um, and and so on so so yeah sort of a, 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 a sense of um, pressure lifting a relief and an opening up of different choices and different opportunities that mightn't have been there before. Great, so a, a really positive outlook on a time for change, uh, a freedom. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and, and I think uh, a, a time to look at one of, one of the advantages of having my children young is that, you know, their, their lives were quite different growing up than mine were. And, and that sort of gave me pause for, for thought, you know, um, you know, the opportunity to travel, for example, which um, my children would take very much for granted was not a thing when I was a child, you know, and, and so it sort of woke me up to, well, you know, what would I like to do while I'm still young enough and able enough to do it? Yeah. And where did you go? I've done actually a lot of travel. Um, I'm, I'm blessed with um, a husband who, who enjoys travel and also with a very good group of friends that I've known since school. And we also traveled together. So um, spent a lot of time in mainland Europe, in, in Spain and in Portugal. Um, but I've also spent a lot of time in France and further afield as well. I've been to, um, to Australia, to Southeast Asia, to Africa, to, yeah, done a lot of North America. Wow. Yeah, done a lot. <laughs> and is that mostly since you hit midlife? Um, yeah, when, when, when the children were small, we travelled as well, but it was mainly in France. We used to, to take them to France every year and, uh, and we travelled around quite a bit there. But yes, I mean, that was one of the things that really sort of bubbled up in me um, in my midlife was, you know, I'm going to take every opportunity to go when I can. Clearly, the last year hasn't been as... <laughs> <laughs> as free as the ones before but um, and that would be one of the things that I would really miss about the pand pandemic but yeah um, yeah I take every opportunity I can to go yeah and did you uh, do, did you have any physical um, symptoms or emotional symptoms uh, going through midlife that were restrictive in any way or was it it was it just a freedom that you felt well, um, the, the um, stopping of periods was actually very freeing for me. I'd, mm -hmm. I had, um, I'd had a, a couple of issues with that. Um, I did get, um, and, I, and I still do sometimes, depending on what I'm eating, I still do get, you know, sort of hot flushes and things like that. But in comparison to most people that I know, they were, you know, an inconvenience rather than a big issue. Um, I, would, I wouldn't have sort of um, struggled with them, I suppose, in the same way that other people would have. And I'm very lucky that I'm, I'm, I'm largely very healthy. 
Um, I feel aches and pains more. It takes longer in the mornings to loosen up. Um, but uh, yeah, but mostly I'm 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 well and healthy and I'm glad for it. And um, I suppose the the other sort of thing about menopause was that the whole question of you know motherhood and that part of my life moving into a different phase that that again that was that was very freeing I think for me not that I disliked being a parent at all but I suppose I hadn't realized the sense of responsibility that I carried with it when the children were younger you know yes yeah when they're able to look after themselves, it can be so much freer. You know? Absolutely, because it, yes, yes, it is. It's a huge responsibility for so long and uh, each day and each night. Uh, Jude, um, it's interesting how in midlife you were working up to that point with your head, with accountancy and business, and then you moved into a more heart-centered career profession. Mm-hmm. How was that for you? I think to other people, it was more of a surprise than it was to me, Carol. Um, I had been involved in personal development um, since my late 20s. A good friend invited me along to an assertiveness group um, in in my late 20s and from that developed a, an, an interest in personal development. I was a personal development trainer um, outside of my accountancy job for a while. I was involved in co-counselling for a number of years. So um, it wasn't as big a change for me as, as um, it might have seemed to other people. But I had also been working within the accountancy profession for a long number of years and in particular my my last job with the uh, the institute of chartered accountants i had i'd worked in a number of roles there and i had kind of exhausted everything that i was interested in so it was yeah it just felt like i was moving out of that place i'd been a, a senior manager for a long time and had done those um, sort of head-based roles, if you like. But there was something that had been pulling me all along in a different direction. And uh, so I decided to to pull back to part-time and to train as a therapist. Yeah, that stage. Yeah. Great. And great for everybody who has had the opportunity to experience you as a therapist or a supervisor or a, a workshop leader. Thank you. And I think you bring uh, your skills in business together with your skills in counselling and therapy, psychotherapy. You mix mm-hmm. the two together with this business of therapy. How does how's that going for you? In a way, the, 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 the two roles, you know, being a therapist after being an accountant sort of echoes a bit what I was saying earlier on about being in between the two groups in my family, because um, I found it extraordinary when I trained as a therapist that we got no 
guidance whatsoever about how you then bring these skills that have taken you years and, um, you know, blood, sweat and tears to acquire, <laughs> how you then bring them out to the world. And there, there aren't, there are some sort of salary jobs in, in therapy, but, but few enough and they don't pay terribly well. And um, I, I was fascinated that money and business and so on were almost like on another planet. So for me, doing this work, I kind of fell into it initially. I, I was asked to speak to a group of people and it was as I was preparing for that, that it struck me there is so much, you know, very straightforward business advice that people are just crying out for in these type of roles. And um, so in part, it has been a journey of integration for me, um, integrating that previous life with my current life. Um, but yes, it's, 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 it's uh, even now, I've, I've, and I've been doing the work for nearly 10 years, it's still, there's still very little offered to students training as therapists as to how to make a living from these skills. Um, and it's not um, for some people, for example, people who have who have worked in business or who have grown up in a family where, you know, there was a family business or something like that. It, it, the, 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 the way of life is much more familiar to them. But if you have always been an employee uh, to step out into private practice and to make that a viable proposition that might um, replace a, a salaried employment, you know, including things like um, sick pay or pension contributions, that is a big ask of somebody who has never who has never done any of those before. And essentially it is two, two jobs because you have the job of meeting the client and the client work and the importance of that. And then you have the job of running the business. And um, so there's a lot that needs to, uh, the people need to learn in order to do that um, in any way successfully, you know. I meet a lot of people who, who feel a sense of, of, of failure um, and judgment of themselves because they aren't able to make a go of it. And, and it's not that they're not good therapists. That's not the point at all. It's, it's that, you know, these issues, these sort of ways of thinking have, have never, they've never been exposed to those. Yeah. I think it's so valid, uh, Jude, because not only is it your upbringing and the culture you were brought in up in about business or not business, Sometimes people expect therapy for free or, you know, absolutely a service that because it's coming from the heart that you, you know, how could you charge for something like that? Sometimes there's that feeling. Yes. The therapists themselves and then from coming as well. And there's a lot of expenses behind a therapy business, isn't there? Absolutely. There certainly are, yes, and 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 expenses that might not seem obvious to somebody from the outside. But for example, the the requirements to have regular supervision from another professional, the requirement to keep up to date with with training and so on. Those are significant expenses, and that's before you might you know rent a room or pay your insurance or your subscriptions or things like that. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, I think. And, and, and that's part of what you're teaching therapists yes. and around valuing that and valuing their time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also the sort of practical aspects of it, Carol, of managing money flow. Um, you know, in a, in a salaried employment, there are a lot of supports that are invisible until they're not there. Things like, you know, um, sick pay that, you know, either the employer or the uh, the government uh, will fill in if you're not able to go to work. Well, that's not the case if you're self-employed, you know. Um, if you want to take a holiday, you're entitled to holiday pay as an employee. You're not entitled to holiday pay as a self-employed person. So managing your money in such a way that you can take time off and take your take your space or that you can provide for your future by putting money into a pension fund. Those sort of things require money management skills that many people will never have learned. Because you know all of that stuff and you can give that, that information back and you can keep validating people and their experiences. So I mentioned the flow of money. So I, apart from your accountancy background and your business background, I know you're very um, up to date with like the flow of energy and money is energy and the flow of trust and that flow of abundance. And that if you're blocked with your own self beliefs that are limiting, that you might never be able to make money. That you have Absolutely. to show yourself the validation, the the valuing yourself, valuing your work, valuing your space, your time, and and looking at what's blocking you within. Yes, yes, um, it's fascinating actually, and and that is the area of work I suppose that in relation to the business side of it that I enjoy the most, and it is. It's hugely rewarding to work with people in relation to those issues because it has a ripple effect that moves out into the world. It's not just the therapist who, who benefits from that, but you know, um, as, as the, 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 the therapist works with it, it's almost like the permission is given to the therapist's clients to also um, see themselves in that different way but yes it's it's an area that um is is it's quite invisible until you bump up against it because what our norms are what our our, our truths are we are almost invisible to, or uh, not invisible we are almost blind to there being another way of thinking about it you know, I, I grew up in a very um, strongly Catholic environment. And so the messages of, you know, um, the, the rich man finding it hard to get through the, uh, you know, through the gates of heaven and blessed are the poor and those sort of things, when taken very literally, I think can be very, very limiting. So uh, people can experience a sense of, guilt uh, or shame about wanting to have their material needs met um, and that shame that guilt can be um, can, can be running in the background and it, creating a block I think that was the word you used 
to to seeing opportunities or to opening ourselves to opportunities for a more abundant life. Literally, we just can't see them. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I know. And I know I'm probably full of those blocks myself and uh, people I know as well. But beliefs like I know I had one client who in one way wants to do lots of things and, you know, be be in the world and with as much rights as anybody else. Yeah. Because she has strong spiritual beliefs. She doesn't see how she can charge for her services sometimes or doesn't see, oh, no, 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 it's fine. That's just for the good of people. And that. and yet she could be struggling materially herself quite strong yeah. until yeah. that that belief that she's she, too, can give to herself as much as she gives to other people or look at what you can be spiritual and still be looked after with abundance or with financial needs and financial rewards, you know, that yeah. are not mutually exclusive of the other. Mm, absolutely. And there's a, there's a sort of a, uh, a contradiction in it almost where other people are worthy of good things in their lives, but I'm not. And, um, it, you know, until you sort of take that out and unpick it and look at it and say, well, you know, wh- why is Karen more worthy of, you know, having bread on the table and a roof over her head than Judah is? Until you actually take that out and question that, it's, it's, it, we don't even see it or, or, or it doesn't come into it. It's just, that's just our truth. That's just the norm. And I did one of your workshops, Jude, last year. Was it last year? The end of the 2019, I think it was. Uh, or was it the beginning of 2019? Yes, that's right. Uh, and it was, it was great uh, because you opened up all of these discussions within the group and you worked with it. And people had to, didn't have to, but people were invited to share some of their blocks or their beliefs that were blocking. And, you know, some of them were, it was quite scary for some people. There was a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, feeling worthy or, you know, different strong feelings. Um, And I found the group, but I'm sure you find the group is a great way for things to open up and for great healing to occur. Isn't, is is that right? Because you're, you're absolutely fed back to by other people. That's right. And and also, um, you know, other people can give voice to something that can be relevant to me, but outside of my awareness. Mm. And I, I, I remember there were a couple of instances actually in that workshop of where that happened, where somebody spoke about something that they were experiencing and somebody else in the group would say oh my god that applies to me too and I never I never looked at it that way or I I never realized that I saw myself this way you know and I I I feel the buzz of excitement in me when I when I see that happening and I hear people opening up like that and you're absolutely right that is the beauty of the group that um you know if we can if we can risk being vulnerable with each other, we have so, so much to learn. Um, 
we can, you know, offer a, a, a support and encouragement to other people that we can find it hard to in, offer to ourselves. And coming out of the isolation and into a group situation like that, it helps to it helps to lift everybody. Yeah. So you work with individuals and couples and groups. Which which area do you like best, or do you have a favourite? Probably, uh, probably my favourite is working with groups. If yeah, I would say that the, the sort of the the, the 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 order of it would be groups, individuals, couples. I find the couple work fascinating and I learn an awful lot from it, but it would be probably the work I least enjoy. Mm. And mainly because I don't like conflict and quite often people come to couples therapy in conflict, you know. Yeah, um, it's all conflict, I'd say, at the beginning. Yeah, well, no, no not necessarily, but, but there can be conflict. And it's, it's, but it's very rewarding, Carol, and, and it's interesting because the, the issues that we were just talking about around money and, you know, beliefs and values and things like that, they're exactly the same issues that come up um, in, in couple relationships or in friend relationships or in work relationships. It's all about that relational piece and how we see others versus how we see ourselves and what, what we do with that, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I do enjoy the groups, um, but I also enjoy the individual work. And um, I, I, I work with some people that I have been working with over a long period of time. And that is hugely rewarding to see the growth, the growth in people and to remember where we started. And both of us grow. I mean, it's not just the, the client. Um, I mean, I learn from them, too. That is the nature of this work. Uh, we grow together you know great and I think uh, in your bio you mentioned it's not just the relationship with each other it's a relationship to yourself so we self and learn to to develop a healthy loving relationship with ourself and then mm-hmm. it goes out to couples or to groups or to the world yes yes um, I, I, it is part of the way I sort of see the world, how I understand the world, that uh, our relationship um, with other people reflects um, how we relate to ourselves. And, and sometimes, you know, we put all the goodness out on other people and we see ourselves as terrible or sometimes we, you know, uh, expect to meet something in the world be it attack or judgment or criticism or whatever it might be and and you know that's usually a reflection of what's going on inside our own heads you know yes yes so we we expect to meet what we have in here in our head exactly yes yeah yes. yeah and thankfully we don't always meet what's inside our head <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> But I mean, I think you're, you, you, you were asking about midlife and, um, you know, I think that's one of the lovely things about getting older is that um, not uh, being quite so gullible about what goes on in my head 
being true, you know, <laughs> not believing um, the, yes. uh, the critic and all of that quite so much, you know. Great. Yeah. Letting, letting that one go if we can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I imagine your, your, all your personal work helped with that as well. Oh, yes, of course it does. Yeah. Yeah. So you also trained as a coach. I did. I still am training as a coach. That's an ongoing process. Yes. Is that very yeah. different from therapy, from psychotherapy? Is it very different? It isn't. It isn't. Uh, I suppose I, the way I work as a psychotherapist is probably I, I bring a lot of what I learn in the coaching into it. So I might be more directive or more active um, than some forms of, of therapy. It, but it has... I just see it as, as part of my personal development journey, Carol. Um, I, I, the coaching work that I do with clients tends to be around their practices, but I'm not sure. And some of that is like informational and, you know, this strategy or that strategy or the other strategy. But it, it comes back to what I was saying earlier on about the integration piece. Business information is only as good as our ability to implement it and our openness to it. So there's always that dance between what's going on inside us and the action that we take. Um, and, and I like that about the combination of coaching and psychotherapy, that it allows me to do that and allows me to move quite fluidly between when is the time to, you know, nudge somebody towards action and when is the time to sit back more into the, um, the inner work and what is going on. Um, yeah. Well, I imagine they complement. I don't know if I answered your question. Oh, you did. Yes. Yeah. I imagine it complements, they complement each other because coaching, I mean, I've experienced both coaching and, and therapy as a client and then I work as a therapist as well, but I, I know coaching can go quite deep as well. The questions in order to move forward can sometimes bring us to a place of great exactly. or great, um, you know, yeah, upset really, or grief, you know, it can bring up a lot of stuff for people. And so the fact that you have your therapeutic skills, I'm sure is really good for holding that. It's a nice balance that you yeah. have between the two. Yeah. Well, yes, yes. And, and it's funny, the, the feedback that I get um, from people, I think they expect coaching to be very different. And maybe it's just the way I do it. You know? Yes, people okay. expect coaching to be um, very businesslike and no emotions. And in fact, in order to unblock the business path, you have to work through the emotions that come up because they come of course up. You do. Yeah. Otherwise you'd be there already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we bring who we are to everything, including business, you know. Yeah, no, I know a few coaches who've no therapy background and they they still say like a lot of emotion comes up in the sessions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. And it's great you have the skills for both. Hmm. Um 
In your life then, uh, Jude, what has been your greatest challenge so far? Um, well, the, I, I mentioned the inner critic earlier on. I think mm-hmm. um, sort of uh, finding a way of living with myself has probably been a very large challenge. Um, and, and as I get older, older, that gets much easier. Externally, the, the, you know, sort of in terms of going what, what has happened in my life, um, the, the, the period after I started my therapy training, um, I went through a period of about five or six years where it was one thing after another. And that was an extraordinarily difficult time. I was in a very challenging situation at work. Um, I, I was being bullied by somebody and um, yeah, that was that was very difficult. I, I didn't get through my therapy training in that particular year. And um, for somebody who uh, goes through life, um, you know, being a very sort of high achiever and wanting to do things very well, that did not come easily to me. I, I realized later that it was actually a gift, but not one that was easy to swallow at the time. Um, in the same year, my father died very suddenly. Um, he had been ill, but he, he got an infection that um, uh, meant he, he went from being okay to, to dying very quickly. And at the same time, my mother was seriously ill and continued to be seriously ill um, for a period of about four years. So I was managing all of this at the same time I was in personal therapy because I was doing my therapy training and I had, as sometimes happens in these processes, I had regressed um, quite far into quite a young place in myself and um, my therapist became ill and um, sort of vanished out of my life for six months. So uh, it was it was like... um, it, it was like a sort of a, a, I experienced it almost like a battering. It's like I'd hardly got back on my knees, let alone on my feet, when something else hit and something else hit and something else hit. And um, I, I became uh, quite depressed at the time. I found it hard to function. Um, I had left at that stage, I had finished up in my job and I had started my private practice and I had burnt my boats, so I had no um, choice but to make it work. Um, And myself and my colleague Jennifer that I've worked with alongside the whole time, we did make it work and I'm, I'm very proud that we managed to do that at a time that was very difficult. But I look back on it now and I think, Dear God, I was a walking miracle, you know, to be able to keep going and also be able to be available to other people. I, I just I do not know how I survived that time. Yeah, that was that was that sounded very tough. Yes, um, because when you're doing a, a training in psychotherapy or something like that, they do actually bring you break you apart in order to get you to a very vulnerable place be it that you can experience it for the clients, but also that you're not blocked and you're not going to block other people. But it's very difficult time. And then to have so much loss and be in a situation at work where you're being bullied, I'm sure 
it was a hugely vulnerable time for you. So well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For coming through but that I time. mean, I, yeah, it's, I certainly wouldn't wish it on anybody, but I did learn a lot about myself and about, um, I suppose, the pressure that I put on myself, Carol. I, I mean, I came out of it, I think, kinder and more compassionate towards myself. Um, and, and, um, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like another university you went to. Exactly. University exactly. of life. Exactly. <laughs> the darker side. Um, and you came out shining. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there any achievement that you're particularly proud of? Because you have quite a few there. <laughs> I, I, I am very proud of my children. My God, they are just so gorgeous and so amazing. Um, and it's not like... I sort of hesitate to say that as an achievement because I don't, you know, they are their own people and, um, you know, I have sort of a stewardship role uh, when they're younger, but, you know, they, 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 they are who they are. Um, I suppose the, um, in terms of what I have done writing my book and, and, and getting that out there, has been um, has been something that I have been very proud of. And a, a, a good friend of mine said to me at the time that it was a bit like killing the sacred cow, you know, that you're not really supposed to talk about money and business in therapy, you know, just what we were saying earlier on. Um, so it took it took quite a lot of courage I suppose to actually go public with that and um but I'm very glad I did it very very glad I did it and um one of these days I'll I'll I'll, I'll write some more but uh, yeah I'd say that's probably the biggest in terms of doing mm, that's great yeah and a great book it is too and a great support for therapists and from that your workshops have evolved as well haven't they Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. and your new group. And my new group. Yes. Yes. That's um, I'm very pleased about that because I tried a couple of times to get that up and running and it wasn't the right time. But, you know, going back to what we were saying earlier on about it's not just about the business information. It's it's a difficult road for people setting up any small business for the first time but I think particularly in this in this type of work and so it has been an ambition of mine for a while to create something that gave people that sort of space that supportive space to um uh, to hold them while they're getting up and up and running and yeah. um, what are your visions and hopes and dreams for the future Jude Well, uh, you know, I suppose in terms of, of uh, my personal life, I, I really want to travel, Carol. I mean, there are so many places that I want to get to. My daughter gave me for Christmas a map of the world that um, uh, you, you, it's like one of those um, scratch and reveal things. Oh. And, and so you, you scratch the places that you've been and, and you know, my, 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 um, Ambition is to have scratched off the whole world. <laughs> but 
but I'm very conscious of time ticking and uh, that, uh, you know, my energy and um, courage for going to uh, some of these far flung places may not um, may not be around forever. So that that is very much uh, what I want to do. You know, there, that is a, also a forum for spending more time with people that I love, with with family and with friends and, and, and so on, and doing those things together. And I take great pleasure from that. Work-wise, I suppose um, my, my ambition is to write another book. And um, it, the, the, the book that I did write was, was a very practical one and, and deals with the practicalities. But really, as we've been saying, throughout this conversation the inner work is so important and it's more difficult I suppose for me to write from that place because it's it's bringing my own vulnerability into it and uh, but that is what I would like to do to talk about the spiritual and the emotional journey of um of 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 really I suppose achieving anything but in this context um, setting up a, 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 a business to do something like therapy work, you know, yeah. Because there's so much there about about worthiness. I mean, if I, if I'm worth a salary to go and work for somebody else, why am I worth, um, you know, that money when I'm doing when I'm doing another job for myself? Just because I'm doing it for myself, does that mean I'm less worthy? than when I'm working for somebody else. Absolutely. And such a valuable job it is too. Um, Would you have any nugget of wisdom or a legacy you'd like to pass on to to everyone, not just the generation coming up behind us? Well, I suppose the whole thing that we were talking earlier on about, you know, how we see the world and and all of that, I suppose... I, I'm, on the one hand, I, I would very much support people to honor their own experience and their own um, uh, their own knowing. But I would hesitate um, and I would, uh, I suppose, encourage other people to hesitate to to be as knowing and as certain of what we think is happening for other people and the meaning behind other people's actions and intentions and so on. Um, that, you know, I think um, leaving some space for I might not know is, is useful. Very wise. I love that. I love that because actually, yeah, that's what I keep coming up against. I actually don't know. <laughs> for myself and it's it's like yeah I don't need to know but I yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah but we can get very invested in a story about what you know what the world is 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 doing to us or what the world how the world sees us or anything like that and and you know there might be other explanations <laughs> there certainly are uh, <laughs> um where will people find you online, Jude? Okay, uh, well, I my website, thisbusinessoftherapy.com and I have a, a Facebook page as well, also This Business of Therapy. Um, and that's probably the easiest place to find me, Carol. 
And your book is This Business of Therapy. And if you're doing workshops and groups going forward... Yeah, they um they're they're always um I, I always have uh, notifications of those on my my Facebook page and on my website. But I do also, um if if people are interested, I I send out an occasional newsletter which includes details of those workshops as well. And so you can sign up for that through my website. Yeah. Fantastic. It's been great talking to you, Jude. Uh, very, you're very wise. And um, it's been great to listen to you talk about your work and how you've, how you've come to be where you are and all that you have to share with the world. It's, uh, it's very important, this business of therapy. It's very, um, it's something that has been neglected. It's obviously a niche for you. And uh, this is your your, your, where your skills come in particularly well to help the people like me and other therapists or other people thinking of training in therapy because training, training in therapy is extremely expensive. So having somebody like you teach us how to, to make, make a go of the business side will actually keep us working in this field for longer. So thank you for, for me, for, to you for that. And um, thank you very much for your time, Jude, today. This is Carol Fitzpatrick signing off for Lady Time. If you enjoyed our conversation, please tune in again for upcoming shows and please share the link to your friends. And thank you for listening. And thank you, Jude. Very welcome, Carol. It's been such a pleasure to be here.